Introducing Blackened Cigars, M81 by Drew Estate. A dark, bold, and unapologetic cigar collaboration. My job is all about taste. So when James mentioned he wanted to create an exclusive cigar, I was stoked. Like Metallica, Drew Estate has some of the most hardcore fans out there. I've known Rob Dietrich for years. And when he approached me to collaborate on this, we couldn't be more excited. I mean, Metallica, Black and & Whiskey, and Drew Estate, what could be a better passion project? We all came up with a vision of what a blackened M81 cigar would look and taste like. M81, Metallica formed in 1981, as you can see right here, just so I don't forget. <laughs> and now you won't forget because it's on this. We needed to craft a cigar unlike anything in our portfolio. One that would take cigar fans on the deepest, darkest, heaviest journey into the mystical world of Maduro. Full-bodied with notes of espresso, leather, and dark chocolate. A wrapper, a binder, a filler that is all Maduro, and they are all grown in separate places. You talk about a heavy leaf cigar. This is beyond passion. This shit is straight amplification. Blackened Cigar M81 by Drew Estate is bold, rich, and powerful enough to satisfy the most experienced cigar connoisseur, but also balanced that new cigar lovers can enjoy its tantalizing smoking experience as well. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and smoking cigars voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. Welcome back, Dojo. We are back on another episode of Flavor Odyssey as the journey continues. I'm your host, Randy Griggs, joined by none other than the most specialist of all special guests, Master Sensei himself. Eric, how you doing tonight? I am doing good. Even better now because I'm on the air with my buddy, yeah. Randall. That yeah. was... What a We're fun... What, what, what a fun visit we had, Randy, with you coming out, surprising us all in Colorado as you... As you wormed your way into, <laughs> how did you do it? Into you infamy. Did yeah, <laughs> you did it. You done did it. You done did. did it, my friend. Well, it's incredible. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. You know, again to not only Eric and Jordan, but the entire Gitormson clan, as everybody was so warm to welcome me uh, to your homes around the holidays. You know, they they can. You know, be a kind of questioning thing. It's like, is Randy going to make the holidays better or worse? But uh, I mean, anybody I'm, I'm wants excited. to get the Hall of Fame, all you got to do is show up. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was hoping it wasn't going to be that low of a bar that I that I had come over. New like standard established. Randy, <laughs> Randy, we had Lumberjack Fest. What did you think oh. of that? Lumberjack Fest is on point. I think it was yeah. fantastic. I got to be more prepared next year. You know, had I known about the sugar bacon, I would mm -hmm. have come a little bit more prepared and asked for some cinnamon so I could kind of, uh, you know, throw my own 
kind of a variation on there is a, is a, I think a little bit of brown uh, uh, cinnamon in the brown sugar, sugar on the baking would, would have uh, Randy, given a little additional sugar pop. Bacon. Randy, but, man, was just, that good? Could have just asked us for cinnamon. It's not like we didn't have cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it didn't occur to me. I was I was just taking orders. So you know, when okay, you show up okay. to someone else's house, like I didn't want to just be like, oh, I know you had an idea, but I was going to do something different. I wanted to like follow the rules at least the first time, and then come back and be like, hey, maybe next year, maybe I can be the official uh, sugar baking guy at Lumberjack Fest and have that be more of an annual thing. And then I can start to yeah. put my own kind of twist on it. That's, why don't you, I, I was, why don't you tell guest, the, you know? the viewers, they might be wondering what, 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 they talking oh, what about? Lumberjack well, Fest well, is. Well if, if, well, if you guys aren't following along on the socials, and I, I don't know what to do with you. But uh, but the Katormsen family uh, were, were, were so kind. They invited me to a, uh, a tradition in, in, in their homes around the holidays where everybody shows up in their flannels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do a big classic American kind of grand slam uh, if, uh, look and feel kind of breakfast. Uh, Eric, Eric knocked out some phenomenal, really, really thin pancakes. Oh, yeah. uh, the, 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 the buttermilk pancakes were on point. Stacks like this, and Jordan literally mm. ate an entire stack by That's, himself. Craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, do it! I, we made uh, uh, scrambled eggs by the gallon, which yeah. that's a new one on me. I'd never seen that that methodology I'm more before. Of an over easy guy, but you know, mm-hmm. the crowd wanted scrambled. Well, well, yeah, no. When when you're feeding, you know, a uh, uh, dozen and a half good um, <laughs> which, which which is <laughs> which, which is the uh, official plural for good is the good um, uh, yeah, yeah, so you, you have to even, batch. We didn't even everything. have we didn't even have everybody there. Like there was. Uh, some of the the gang couldn't show up that day. That was that was great. Like I just I love that. Like we're just getting together. You're drinking coffee. You're just talking. You're making food. Randy uh, was in charge of bacon, and I gotta say, dude, the that that the the last couple batches of the bacon were just out of this world. The first like, batch was just regular bacon, and I said, right. no, no, no. Why would you ever have regular bacon when you could have Sugar <laughs> it was good, well man. well produced on that one well i okay so now i gotta share so so to, to eric's point like i don't even know if you remember that eric of like why it got better is because it went from just regular bacon to sugar bacon um <laughs> and so uh significantly better so we we basically did a dry rub of uh brown sugar in a big old batch of, of bacon you know hand rubbed down the whole things put it on to um the cookie drying sheets, like like the 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 nets, uh, the netting kind of like wire uh, racks. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and then put those in the oven at, at 400. Perfect way to make bacon. Uh, so it's like nice and crisp. All the all the grease can kind of drip down, so it doesn't stay soggy. Best way to make bacon, by the way. But uh, but the only reason this is what I gotta share that like just cracks me up, and I'll be remember this for the rest of my life. The only reason that we couldn't do all the bacon as sugar bacon because someone i'll leave them unnamed because every time i name her on this show i get in trouble somehow uh (laughs) that they were concerned about any food allergies (laughs) to the sugar sugar bacon i've never heard of someone having a food allergy to brown sugar might you be referring to uh diabetes by any chance (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole new one for me to have a, a brown sugar uh, food allergy. But 
Uh, Randy, but, got but here to have, we, Randy got to have some of the best uh, pork green chili in Denver. Oh, my god! On the way out. That was amazing. And then we did uh, Lady Nomada that Lady Saturday Nomada. night. We had some really great cocktails and some street tacos. Randy had a really good uh, uh, carne, carne asada. asada. Oh, yeah. man. What a fun yeah, no. what a fun couple of days that was. That was great. I had trip. such a good and time. And it was snowing. The whole time, and like the Gondormson family doesn't even like react when it snows, and like my, obviously my natural inclination is to go out and frolic in the snow and like roll around <laughs> and try and like build some stuff, and they're just like, yeah, it's just build snow, dude. <laughs> and, and so and like so I, I don't know about the rest of everyone watching where what areas you're in. I've probably gone four to six years without even mm -hmm. physically seeing snow in real life, and so it's one of those things that like. I feel like uh, uh, Colorado natives uh, take for granted sure. that it's a really fun, cool, like exciting thing for those of us that like, obviously now again, I've never had to like shovel my driveway to get to work in the morning. And so like, it's never been impeded my general happiness in life the way it has you guys. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but that was, so, that was super cool. Uh, oh, we got to see, uh, you know, for those of you and not, we don't talk a ton about our, our personal stuff in here, but I got to see the new um, the new salon as, that uh, Jordan's wife is yeah. uh, is the proprietor of a, of a salon and is moving into a new space. So I got to go check that out. And Jordan's doing a lot of a lot of work there. So I got the like Hence the real story <laughs> of how he tried to cut his finger off to get out of work. Yep. So I, yeah. I, 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 got, I got, I got all the different sides of that story. It was a great trip. It was a fantastic trip. Thank you. Guys uh, so much. It was, it was, it was so much fun. So Randy on uh, tonight's but, show of flavor. But we'll, Odyssey. well, let's, let's not completely like leave off the highlight of it all. Oh, look at is, that. Is, wow. is that look, the, look the trip in all of its glory. Trip was all worth it because of Randy, my kinda like, now. Kind of like rotated. A yeah. Like kind of like moving around. Yeah. So you can see that. The edges. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, nice. That you had that on the board ready to go is to go. just beautiful. Um, yeah. Wow. Was it worth it to now be in infamy uh, again to start out watching Smoke Night Live on YouTube? Not even live, just like going back and rewatching old episodes and to end up uh, not only as a personality on your network, but to be in the member hall of fame where let's be honest, I, I, I you know, it's long overdue. I'd say, you know, Randy, uh, <laughs> I think I got very little pushback on you entering the hall of fame because I think it was kind of one of those situations where people were like, Hey man, he did. He, if he's going to do that, if he's going to fly out, <laughs> if he's going to fly out on Thanksgiving, yeah, with thirty six hours notice. However much you spent on that plane ticket, I don't even want to know. Because I, I told you on that show, I was like, I'm not paying for your plane ticket. But it, it, I think everybody was like, you know what? Hey, that he deserved it. He just deserved it. What are you gonna do? No, I, I I appreciate that. I had a lot of people reach out and, and congratulate me, and uh, I I'm with you. I kind of expected a lot more, just in jest, but I, but I expected more. Uh, no, don't let him in. Like uh, <laughs> it, it was it was it was a lot more. Well, man, no one's no one's worked harder at it. You know, he's been kept out all this time. And like it was it was it was fun to to you know. Uh, to stump for the position uh, all, all yeah. this time, but but uh, super glad to finally be in. And congratulations to everybody else. You know, I, I hope I don't steal any thunder from any of the other uh, wildly um, 
deserving recipients of the, of the, of their nod and induction into the Hall of Fame. I know my man Beans was you know on the original app. He was one of the first person people that I met on the original app when I first started going, and so he's he's been a long timer, you know, uh, with the uh, wrecking crew out there and in Chi Town area. Uh, mm-hmm. So super excited to see see Beans get in there and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Quinn, everyone that made it Quinn in, made obviously. It in, yeah. Oh yeah, there, there's another w- almost weird oversight. You know, you pointed out like, you know, no one sees behind the, the behind the cameras of who's lugging all the all the shirts to Rocky Mountain and getting all the all the accoutrement to have these booths set up and and, and allow a cigar. To... What is that? Shit? <laughs> Whoa, that's a new one. Nice. I I, I like it. Keeping it spicy on, on me over here. What? Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, no, no, very cool. But uh, back to uh, back yes. to reality. Uh, obviously, we got the holidays coming up, and, mm-hmm. and man, what what mm-hmm. a cool time! This is the first time that uh, that the show has been wrapping up uh, the way it is uh, here at the end of the year. Uh, good evening, Matt Ty. Always enjoy when another fellow cigar industry media uh, check us out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun that we're wrapping up the show right at the end of the year. Obviously, we're going to come back uh, strong with season seven. Uh, we've got some fun things in the hopper, some new concepts and ideas as we try and change it up every season. Um, kind of keep everybody uh, on their toes and keep having fun, exciting flavor uh, experiences as we pair uh, random things with cigars. And I promise, <laughs> I promise, this is the season. Steve Toth, eucalyptus tea is getting featured. We're we're gonna do it. I don't even know how yet, but but it's getting featured. We're doing eucalyptus tea uh, pairings uh, in season seven, but uh, but anyhow. So yeah. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about what the uh, what the concept was tonight. Uh, we kind of just wanted to play a little bit of nostalgia, talk mm-hmm. about some of the some of our favorite pairings from the season, um, some of the our, our favorite trends where we learned the most, where, where we're excited to, to learn more. And um, maybe, you know, so, some of those uh, segments that we had this season will, will even influence what we do uh, in this upcoming season is, I don't know about you guys, but I know we got to the end of a couple of those trend uh, segments and I felt like, boy, there, there's more trends going on that we're not featuring, that we're not highlighting. But we tried to, we tried to fit everything into these nice little uh, four uh, episode segments. And so, uh, definitely, we'd like to see some uh, some kind of revisits, if you will, yeah, some re right. redos, um, and uh, and keep some of that conversation going, but but also uh, do something completely new and different at the same right. time. So. Yeah. So uh, we were all uh, we all agreed we were going to bring our favorite pairing from season six uh, to the show tonight. So Eric, why don't you share with everybody uh, what you decided to go with? So since I'm not uh, a regular um, host of the show, I'm just kind of a fill-in guy. Um, I didn't have um, you know a set pairing that I did uh, every single week. So what I did mm. instead was I picked. My favorite drink from season six and my favorite cigar that I know I smoked on season six. And I put those two together and that is what I'm going to be uh, pairing tonight. Um, okay. If you want, you want me to tell you what that's going to be? Let's go. All right. Let's hear it. So uh, my favorite, the cigar that I smoked on the show that really blew me away. And this cigar just continues to blow me away. Um is the brand new uh, La Polina Goldie Number no. Five? Uh, this cigar was uh, popular back in the day. Um, 
I don't know, 2014 or 15 or so. And then uh, La Polina re-released it this year as very limited quantities. And I've bought a couple of boxes of these. And I almost feel like, Randy, I I remember loving the cigar then, but I feel like I even love it more now. You can still get your hands on this. In fact, you can get it at uh, our sponsor, SmokeIn.com. Uh, you can order these. Um, there's There's probably not a ton of these left. And in fact, I even hate saying this because... When I say this, it's it's theoretically possible that it could cost me getting more of them because other people might buy them. This is a absolutely fantastic cigar, and I'm going to be pairing it tonight with the world's best old fashioned, which was nice. also part of our um, uh, emerging trends. I think that w- that might have been in um, episode or segment three, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was in. Um, the episode or segment three of segment the world's best old four fashion. episode one of segment four say oh, uh, four. Okay, episode sorry, 18 yeah yeah matt uh, just just hand look at this just as we speak matt just handed me uh my world's we best haven't even old shown fashion. the audience yet oh yeah we got Connor. Oh, I, that's that's my rookie mistake you i can kind of see matt over there making so drinks working on the drinks hmm and yeah, so you know, we'll that, talk, we'll that, talk that's what Matt gets for for not for having pneumonia when I was out there last <laughs> week. That, that was that was weak. But Connor was there. Con- Connor showed up in his in his uh, in his uh, short shorts in yeah, the middle oh, of a yeah. snowstorm. As he does, uh, as as he does. A little, little something I found out about Connor. He uh, apparently hates pants, uh, <laughs> which is uh, which is interesting for a guy that lives in in snow, a snowy climate. But uh, yo, great, uh, great, um, great choices there i'd love to come back we'll go back around we'll talk a little yep. bit about uh what the segments that our uh pairings came from and uh some some of our takeaways but jordan what how, how about you would you choose to do for your pairing for tonight so uh i'm doing kind of a similar thing as sensei um just kind of picking from cigars that i did and drinks that i did during the season um i'm going with the h99 i've never had it in the phineas gauge size Oh, which nice. I got from the Florida Barn Smoker. Um, so earlier on the season, we did the Cigar of the Year segment, uh, which ended with our Cigar of the Year from last year, which is H99. Um, going with the Phineas Gage size and also, of course, the World's Best Old Fashioned. Uh, we are doing it, I believe, half and half with Old Forester 100 and uh, Wild Turkey Rare Breed, which at this point are my two go-tos. Like if I had to stock mm-hmm. a bar – just like with stuff that you could get off the shelf any day, it's going to be good. Old Forester 100 is your cheap, you know, affordable, not cheap, affordable inexpensive. bourbon, yeah. uh, inexpensive, and Rare Breed is my higher proof go-to at these days. And so I think we're just doing a half and half uh, world's best old-fashioned on those guys. All right, what Man, about uh, Connor and Matt? What are you boys pairing with that world's best old-fashioned? You guys over there, what do you got? Uh, I still have to light up my pairing, but I'm going to smoke an Espinosa Habana. All right. Nice. Connor? Now I've got a Cohiba Siglo. I forgot which one that I flew in from Austria on my trip last year. There you go. You said it again. So we all are doing the uh, world's best old-fashioned, Randy, but we're doing them with different cigars. So we'll see how uh, that goes. And uh, I think the audience wants to know, what would you go with? Well, before I announce, can I just call out real quick? We got uh, uh, Frank Rance in the uh, in the chat asking 
if this is a show about cigars, uh, if you're still there, Frank, welcome to Flavor Odyssey. This is a show about cigars and pairing beverages. Uh, glad to have you here. Glad you stumbled yeah. upon us. Uh, hopefully it came from one of our regular uh, otter, uh, 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 audience members um, uh, uh, sharing the show on, on their feeds, which I forgot again. Rookie mistake is uh, our regular host, Robbie Raz, is out tonight. Um, so please share the show, like the show, uh, rate the show, subscribe to the show, hit Date notifications. Yeah, rub, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Show. rub the show <laughs> upon your nipples. Just do that. Uh, the show. Yeah. Um, no, so um, so tonight I I, I kind of gave it away in the Monday uh, heads up that I was going to be being what I'm sure Robbie, if he was here, uh, he'd be calling me basic. As I'm going with my favorite pairing from from the season, uh, I highlighted this in segment one as we were covering Ooh. the cigar of the year 2022 uh, release uh, five pack from smoke in i am smoking none other than oh. the liga Privada h99 Why in the toro size <laughs> and 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 i'm pairing that with none other than a double dose of vucare mm. um this is a, a cocktail that I discovered because of this show, um, Vucare yeah, is French for, for Old Square, which is a uh, reference to uh, the French Quarter in New Orleans, where this uh, cocktail was originally created. It is equal parts rye whiskey. I went with um, one of my favorite go-tos, which is the Michter's Straight Eat Rye. Um, equal parts rye, cognac, uh, sweet vermouth, a bit of Benedictine's, Mm. Some uh, aromatic bitters, and then I've got some Luxardo cherries and an expressed uh, navel orange peel. Um, absolutely fabulous cocktail in any situation, but pairs so well with cigars. And the pairing of its spiciness coming from that vermouth and the rye, uh, the the aromatic um, compounds that that you find in the Benedictine, which is a an, a botanical liqueur, uh, go so amazingly well with all the nuanced and complex spice characteristics that I pick up in the H99. And so for me, hands down, this is my favorite pairing of the whole year, really. Uh, so I, I had to go ahead and revisit it for um, for our, our show finale here for season six. Now, Randy, uh, as we go through the show, uh, I'm going to talk about each of the segments uh, with you. Uh, you've already brought up the uh, Vucare cocktail with the H99, which was uh, episode six, I believe, of the of this uh, season. Very well done. Yep. yep. Uh, before that, you had the knuckle sandwich Habano with an old, mm. a regular old fashioned. It was not yep. the world's greatest at that point. Thank you, Matt, mm -hmm. for this Luxardo cherry coming my way. Thank you. <laughs> um, you had the New World, the AG Fernandez New World Dorado with a pot of gold cocktail, which if it seems to me, if I remember right, we all really liked that uh, a lot. Um, the Alec and Bradley double broadleaf paired, you paired it with a boysenberry pie stout. You uh, idiot. <laughs> Guardian of the farm Cerberus with a white Russian. Now, my question to you, Randall, is in that first segment, uh, obviously, I think we all know um, which one that you thought stood out because that's what you're doing tonight yeah. but what did you learn from that first segment um was there anything that uh 
that else, you know, like maybe that didn't go well or that um, that kind of grabbed your fancy a little bit in any kind of way from that first segment? What did we learn in that first segment? Yeah, no, um, obviously it was an exciting first segment. We were super jazzed to be able to uh, feature the Cigar of the Year. Cigars, you know, it's a big time of the year for all of us as we're, we're going through. We're voting, we're smoking all these cigars, we're, we're kind of racking and stacking how we see uh, the year's releases come out. And, um, and yeah, in, in some of them, I clearly got a little out, out over my skis. I remember pretty specifically that, uh, that the, uh, boysenberry pie stout was, was just sweet and cloying and over the top and detracted mm. from a fantastic cigar in the Alec Bradley double broadleaf, um, and so I remember that one specifically being a, a miss for me as it, as it uh, again, it just overpowered uh, a great cigar. Um, the White Russian was another one. I'm, I'm not a White Russian guy. Again, I was trying to trying to not get called basic by my co-host and, uh, and, and, and do something unique and different. I know he hates, uh, uh, you know, uh, milk based uh ingredients in cocktails that one was a little bit funky the pot of gold like you said was terrific the new world dorado was one of my favorites from uh from last year's cigar of the year uh parade um obviously all all five all, all four of the cigars that we uh featured there were absolutely fantastic um and even though my life was changed a little later in the season when we found the world's greatest old fashioned right. i do i do know that that uh, found it. that that knuckle sandwich habano with a with any version of an old fashioned is yeah. an amazing Randy, experience you can you want to know wrong. your best and worst performances of the season hit me yeah so totaling out uh looks like you're going to lose to to Robbie 43% to 57% um but just sad. Just I gotta just add that sad. in, you know. Uh, but it looks like your worst <laughs> performance was that uh, knuckle sandwich habano in the old fashioned uh, cocktail in the first segment, and your best performance was right after that. You rebounded with ah, hold on, Illusioni um, Epernay and the faction Strass Strass beer, Stratus beer, cold IPA. Stratus beer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, and it's it's funny, and and you know, I, I'd love to see in in the comments if you guys think I'm totally wildly off base. Um, I think the voting on this show um, sometimes has a lot to do with the pairings. Sometimes I think it just ha has to do with uh, with with the content, how people are feeling, how we how we um, how you look, how we how we look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? That Is first, go, hat, uh, yeah, go. Yeah, go find go find the first episode that that Robbie wore his blue Nika hat that everyone goes crazy over. I guarantee that was one of his highest percentage. Exactly, it had nothing to do with my pairing. It had everything to do with Robbie got a new really dope hat, and, and so he got the votes. And then that. Uh, Honestly, and, and I'm not kidding about that. I I, I love to, to hear that. Like, if you guys have anything to say about what influences your vote from show to show, uh, I I I'd say you're crazy if you're gonna try and convince me that it has everything to do with just the pairing. Um, but uh, that cold IPA 
episode. You know, we got back into my wheelhouse. We got back into beer. You know, I'm a, a 22 year beer professional. And, uh, and, and as we all know, you know, we get into beer, I light up, I have a lot to say. And that cold IPA was a really cool episode where we really learned a lot about, uh, beer ingredients, about new trends. And I, I think that, uh, that that probably had more to do with the, the, uh, heavy sway and votes my way than, uh, either of the elements of my actual pairing, but just that, like, I brought it on that Do you want show. To know your worst performance of all time? Mm, yeah, what's that? Wow, wow. I, don't, I, I mean, I, 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 I guess I, now you've got me on the air live. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have. I'm doing like a little ChatGPT <laughs> of the show thing here. Nice, uh, I like it. So, as far back as we actually did the votes, this is. Um, you Sorry, what, in season three? Uh, this is oh. season four. It's got to be the uh, cucumber. So it's, it was, it's the cucumber gin and tonic. You of did course. Deliverance porcelain, and uh, you did the uh, a mojito uh, mocktail. Oh, okay. Which was was that the episode? No, no, no. no it was a gin no. and tonic episode. Wow. But I know I I know I went on it. I, well, I didn't win for like five crazy. weeks after that. I mean, I would never pair. No, no. The porcelain's the Connecticut. I would pair that. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. you got you got destroyed twelve percent. Oof! What was going Oof. on that night? I, I go back and check check the archives. That was the night that check, he brought his new blue blue the new hat. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you guys are watching the show either on YouTube or uh, Facebook, um, tonight's a wild card episode. So uh, we don't really care if you're going along with the theme of the show or not. Um, uh, do hashtag now pairing or just hashtag pairing. Uh, post what you're what you're pairing, what you're getting from it, and at the end of the show, uh, Randy and I will uh, will decide which one of our audience members has what we think to be uh, the best pairing of the night. So go ahead and post those whenever you want uh, throughout the show as we go. We'll get into. Um, I guess let's do this next. Uh, one before we go to the commercial break uh that was the beer trends one that you just uh brought up uh randy we did a sour we did an imperial stout um we did the uh the the cold ipa um what did we learn from that the beer trends segment like the cold ipa seemed like um one that maybe has some legs um, moving forward because it is a very drinkable, uh, fun drink. I don't know how great it pairs with cigars, but yeah. at the same time, as far as beer trends go, I feel like that one was was a pretty solid uh, pick for, for up-and-coming beer trends. I don't know what you see in the market, but it seems that way to me. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. That, that We started off with by far the biggest trend that – uh, I was most confident to say that if you haven't seen this yet, you'll be seeing it over the next right. 12 to 18 months. Um, that continues, you know, that hasn't changed in any way. I think I mean, each one of those trends actually continues to um, stay on that same trend line. Uh, you know, we did the Italian Pilsner, which is a smaller trend. It's more of a, a, a niche. Um, one of the ones I'm most excited about, you know, you mentioned that we did Imperial Stouts is, you know, that's not a new style by any means, but we've seen over the last uh, three to five years, uh, the Imperial Stout category completely overtaken by um, uh, by 
other ingredient driven imperial stouts and uh, i think the first one that i was ever aware of i loved in prairie bomb that they that they put uh uh, ancho chilies in it and so it kind of gave a a totally different characteristic but then we went all the way to what what was referred to as pastry stouts where anything from donuts to donut sprinkles and Mm. uh and laffy taffy and any sugary sweet dessert under the sun that you could imagine was being added to stouts um it just became too sweet you know they're they're too focused trying to be too cute and and missing the opportunity to say hey you know a a a traditional uh, imperial stout has these great espresso and chocolate and rich uh characteristics that that are so fantastic that i i feel like you you miss out on them by over sweetening the stout um but uh but but to your point obviously the, the biggest interest was in cold ipa ipa uh, continues to dominate uh the craft beer consumption in america as a as a style and so any sub style of ipa is gonna you know pique the interest of any craft mm-hmm. beer drinker out there and uh and again you know I, I think you know just to touch real quickly on it you know uh we all talk about hazy IPA and there was a lot of questions when it first came out, if that was here to stay or just fad as we've seen a lot of styles, you know, come and go and uh, like the Dodo bird. And, um, and the one thing that hazy IPA really got right was expanding their, their total audience by reducing the bitterness of the hops while increasing the overall aromatic and flavor experience of, of hops. And so a lot of people that were averse to the bitterness of traditional IPAs were now able to enjoy all the fantastic aromas and flavors of hops without having to have that assertive bitterness. And, and, I feel like cold IPA has done a really good job of kind of bringing us back to a clear, bright, sharp finish in an IPA like we were used to in more of a West Coast without that assertive bitterness. So kind of accomplishing a similar thing as hazy IPAs without them being so soft and, and pillowy, which is it can be a very nice experience. Was uh, that traditional this like yeah. That was a season. Cold IPA was, yeah. 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 R- Randy, we, what uh, would you say? What, oh, in March. A, I have a general beer. Uh, cigar pairing question for you. Um, just in general, if you were like to guide some of our viewers, what, what would you say is the the sort of the the best style or the styles, if you want to name a couple, and the worst styles of beer that go with cigars? They go with cigars. Perfect. I'm glad you uh, put some 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 outline on that. I would have struggled otherwise. Uh, uh, obviously, you can't go wrong with a porter. Uh, you know, I, I always make the the Ooh. point. Robbie, R- Robbie always teases <laughs> me that uh, that you know, you know, a stout uh, should be uh, have a roasted characteristic, and a porter shouldn't. So it's more chocolatey. You're not going to get those roasted espresso notes. So it's a little bit more chocolatey, more malt, and just heavy richness. It's going to go really well with uh, any cigar, even even a, a lighter shade cigar. Um, that, that's an obvious and easy one, uh, getting in, into the weeds a little bit more, you know, any Pilsner or lighter beer that's going to be crisp and clean. Uh, you're not going to have any, um, ma- major, um, off-putting characteristics. The hardest flavor to pair with anything, but especially with cigars is bitterness. So IPAs are typically the toughest pairing. If you're not to say that you can't drink an IPA and smoke cigar, I do it all the time. Um, but if you're looking for a true pairing experience where the flavors from both elements are, are, are finding, uh, kind of a, a synergy on, on your palate, as we like to say, and, and enhancing each other, 
to give what what I always like to refer to as as um, an experience that's greater than the sum of its parts. Um, uh, a bitter beer is is gonna pose some some Wait, uh, problems with that bitterness. Would uh, you go sour before you'd go a traditional IPA? No, sour would be the the other toughest one to pair. That's, yeah, that's yeah, gotta be sure. the toughest one. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but surprisingly, no, yeah, you're, I you're think a right. sour can find like a certain when you hit it just right like i think you can hit it out of the ballpark better than you can with uh west coast ipa like there's i've never found like a pairing between a cigar and a west coast ipa that's like whoa that opened some door up but with a sour yeah. you, you can do it like it just agreed yeah no specific. no you can find you can find sours that have some graham crackery characteristics to them and some of that those bready notes where you can find a flavor hook somewhere in there where uh, sometimes you have to kind of push past that initial um kind of palate uh sensation of of the uh of the acidity of sour beers um to, to your point there's plenty of slightly sour beers tart beers if you will that have bready notes that you're going to find something where um with a west coast ipa specifically you know assertive bitterness is like the first descriptor you would think of for to describe a west coast ipa and that's always going to pose a problem when when pairing i always feel like for me uh, and this obviously this is personal i everybody's watching probably saying the same thing like you have these personal sort of things but for me, uh, an imperial or a triple IPA is great with cigars, like because you get mm -hmm. the sweetness and that sort of right. syrupy right. note. Like I have no problem at all. In fact, I actually think imperials and triple IPAs are great with cigars. That's one of my favorite um, beer style pairings. It's really only when you get into those ones that have that super bittery note that make it harder. You know where it's. Um, Pliny kind of stuff. Yeah, like the Pliny kind of stuff where it's just that that bittery kind of note makes it t difficult. But, um, you know, the ones that we've been getting lately that have the kind of the pineapple-y sweetness and all that kind of stuff, those those are good with cigars. That, that's a, that's yeah. a solid pairing, especially the summer. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because this could apply to both IPAs and sours, which we'll, we'll just concede post- issues they, they they can be difficult not impossible to pair with we we, we have uh successfully paired with every style um yeah. but it, it is trickier but one thing that, that you said that i really like that um that i think gets overlooked when it comes to cigar pairings is is fruit characteristics yeah. you know you, you don't always think to to point to um a stone fruit or a stewed fruit but but those are pretty common characteristics if you really spend time with with your cigar and really thinking through the vocabulary and the sensations that you're picking up is that you, you know getting peaches um you, you know a peach flesh kind of character from a cigar isn't that uncommon and that's something very very uh commonly found in hop aromas uh it's also a very common fruit that would be used in a sour beer and so i think there's more fruit opportunity to pair with cigars than we typically like talk about openly um so, so I, I i appreciate that you mentioned fruit specifically what yeah if, what if i go off the cuff and mm. ask our resident uh whiskey expert connor like mm. what are the what are the whiskey trends that you found yeah you're the whiskey expert we didn't we didn't do we didn't do like, like bourbon or whiskey trends bourbon trends whiskey trends what's going on can you think of whiskey or bourbon trends that are popular right now that we could have theoretically had in this season um i'd say honestly i think this bottle is a good representation 
of trends. There's a lot of craft distilleries and a lot of blenders right now who are pretty much going and buying old barrels. Um, a lot of them, you know, sourcing MGP. What makes this so cool is they're sourcing single grain Canadian whiskeys that are hyper aged between, you know, 18 and 30 years. And they're making these custom blends out of it. Um, I'd say those are the trends. We're just leaning towards a lot of more craft stuff and there's a lot more options, a lot of single barrel picks where people are starting to explore, not just, uh, you know, they don't just try one old Forester uh, single barrel, barrel pick. Now they're like collecting them and kind of, you know, seeing which ones are the best. So I guess that's what I would say. And what is that bottle that you got there? Uh, This is a Found North. Uh, This is the 006 Second Summit. So they take, um, there's a blend of whiskeys in here. I want to say there's about four or five in here between 18 and 27 years old. They buy a bunch of single grain stuff. So um, like there's 100% corn barrels. Then there's 100% rye barrels. Um, and then they buy those and they blend them. And then they make essentially a mash bill. Um, in Canadian whiskey, they make the mash bill after the aging. Mm, whereas that's bourbon, interesting. You know, they make the mash bill. Then they dis, you know distill that and age that custom mash bill. So that's what's unique about it. It gives them a little bit more control in the blending process. Mm. After they do all that, then they do a secondary age anywhere from three to 12 months, um, you know, in an ex-bourbon barrel or, you know, they, they can do sherry, more experimental stuff, um, and then and then they bottle it at that point. Mm. All right, there we all go. Right. We could have done that, which uh, kind of does sort of remind me of something. No! Hmm. No. Randy! Well, Dojo, that's a wrap. We have completed six seasons of Flavor Odyssey in just over four years. What a journey it has been. And let me tell you, I am more excited than ever for what we have in store for you for season seven of your favorite cigar pairing show, Flavor Odyssey. Now, whether we are talking season seven, six, five, Four, three, two, or one. Every season of Flavor Odyssey has been brought to you by our great friends at Drew Estate Cigars. Drew Estate, the perennial powerhouse that has a top-rated cigar for every smoker and every occasion. I mean, if you're feeling something light and creamy, try out a 20-acre farm or an underground shade. If you're looking for something with a little more punch in your life, you can never go wrong with the Herrera Esteli or a Nicarustica. And if you want to take a walk on the dark side with earthy espresso notes and black pepper, you'll never be disappointed by anything from the Liga Pravada line. Or try the newest innovation from Drew Estate and pick up some blackened M81. Heck, that's just highlighting their traditional lines. I think you get the point. Go out and support Drew Estate Cigars and ask for them at a brick and mortar near you. Now, if you aren't close enough to a brick and mortar and you want to turn to an online retailer, may I recommend Flavor Odyssey's exclusive retail sponsor, Smokin. Smokin has a courteous and knowledgeable representative just waiting to help you have the best possible buying experience with over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. Oh, solid. Yes! 
solid. New read. New read. Solid read. Solid read. If you guys are just joining us and you just listened to that incredible live read, by the way, there's no, there's no, and I can sit, I, I do a live read every Smoke Night Live every Friday oh, yeah. night, so I know. I know the live read world. I'm in like all the live read groups. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 I subscribe to the live read television network. I do all of those things. Nobody, nobody does a better live read than Randy Griggs on Flavor Odyssey. It literally is one of the highlights of the show. It would be great if we had like a second, second microphone for you to do the live reads on and we could like, I could, you know, custom tune the audio yeah. to not blow our ears out. But, you know, maybe that's part of the fun. That is part of the fun. We are, this is uh, the final episode of Flavor Odyssey. Uh, Randy and myself, Robbie, is on location. He's not here tonight. We're kind of going over what we learned in, in season six of Flavor Odyssey. Chad wants you to do the read again. Uh, no, sorry, Chad. That's- Randy! It's not going to happen. But before we before we continue our journey through season six, uh, let's get a quickie update on what's going on. I'll start. Um, uh, if you don't, uh, if I if you don't remember, I am smoking the brand new um, Goldie Number no. Five uh, from La Polina. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Matt made me a really really good uh, world's best old fashioned, which we'll talk about as we come into that segment and why it's the world's best old fashioned. Randy, yes. this pairing for me is knocking it out of every park, uh, even even the one in Boston with the big green wall, whatever that is. <laughs> like it is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Jordan, how's your pairing going? Uh, stellar. I haven't had the Phineas Gage size yet. I'm not the the biggest Lancero guy. Uh, I know it's kind of like a connoisseur favorite. Uh, I, I you know, oftentimes it gets brings in a little too much harshness i would say you're getting more of the wrapper uh so in this cigar it's kind of cool because that's kind of the defining element of the cigar is mm-hmm. this uh hybrid corojo grown in connecticut um super oily kind of wrapper which is kind of fun to see a little bit more of that um getting more like hickory notes out of uh, you know you get you get a little bit of like beef jerky type hickory notes out of the regular h99 i would say that's kind of amplified in this one uh but go but that pair that's kind of kind of a good hook with the brown Brown sugary, um, extra rich syrup that we've got in the uh, world's best old fashioned. I'm liking it. Uh, Connor, Matt, uh, how are you guys pairing going? Is that a thumbs up, so, thumbs down so far? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a thumbs up so far. My, I think I'm. I should have put one more spoon of sugar into mm. the, the old fashioned, and that really just would have elevated. Yeah, I was. I, I was gonna say I would. I would want a little bit more. Yeah, of a little the, more sweetness really would have made it a little bit better. But I think right now it's still excellent. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Connor? How's your Siglo, your Cohibo Siglo treatment? Mine was okay. Uh, yeah. It was a little bitter. Uh, drink was drink was good, too. I think it could have been a little bit sweeter as well. Um, I'm lighting up an H99 now, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, got, we got a bunch of H99s well going. Randy, how is well your uh, Vucare and Liga Pravada H99 treating you? Yeah, you know it's it, it's funny. You know my my two favorite whiskey drinks are the Vukare and the and the uh, world's greatest old fashioned, and they're so different uh, as being uh, whiskey based. You know, again, uh, there's no sugar addition whatsoever in the Vukare. Uh, the sweetness is uh, purely coming. Uh, the, obviously, there's some sweetness in the Benedictine liqueur, um, as as that 
again, just adds such a, a unique layer of botanical. Um, and, it, and it's funny because we use the term botanical, which, you know, is, is a pretty wide range of flavors. And, and, um, and you know, I, I always think because I'm pretty significant gin and tonic guy at this point in my life and uh and so i think so much of of botanicals in in terms of what, what you're getting from a gin and tonic where, where you've got the cardamom and the juniper mm-hmm. and they're and they're lighter uh botanicals where i feel like the the um the benedictine has this just like kind of deeper richer note like, like the same way we've talked uh, so so much about white pepper gray pepper um black pepper and and that you have these gradients where, where you just kind of get deeper and deeper into that flavor set um and so i feel like the benedictine really adds that that deeper flavor that goes really well with the um the baking spices that um are so prevalent in in the h99 you know again i have the toro size a little bit different than the guys here uh this is by far my favorite uh vitola uh, on this one i've had the um i've had the rebusos i haven't had the phineas gauge because i also am not much of a lancero guy myself Sounds good. um and 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 so yeah you, you get those those kind of the strong uh, Lijero notes. You get some Maduro characteristics, but you definitely get some some sweeter notes, some um, some sweet kind of cinnamon and cedar characteristics that um, that I really enjoy having um, that complexity when you're dealing with a darker cigar. You know, when you deal with like a heavy Maduro. It can it can often I won't say it be one noted by any mean but means but it, it'll be it'll all lean towards that earthy espresso chocolate rich um, where where I feel like the the H ninety nine really performs so well is that you get some espresso notes you get some stewed fruit you get that plum character you get all this uh, bouquet of uh, of uh, of uh, baking spice characteristics and, and flavors on the palate and and I just can't. I've never found another uh, cocktail that that found so many um, touch points where where you have just a, a, a complete connection from the cigar flavor to the to the drink flavor where where you just feel like it's just carrying over back and forth mm-hmm. um, in, in, in both. Now now obviously uh, I, I've also smoked the cigar several times with the world's greatest old fashioned. It's an amazing pairing. Should we is, uh, but... go over the world's best old fashioned? Not yet. Time? Yeah, not yet. Oh, not, okay. not yet because we're not. Let's get to that when we get to cocktail trends. Oh okay. Right, um, right. In in the third segment, uh, Randy of Flavor Odyssey season six, we did cigar trends, and so in cigar yes. trends, what we tried to do was uh, bring out things that are sort of uh, popular in the cigar industry, and, and I'll I'll uh, mention some of these. Uh, Randy, you had the uh, uh, Black Label Trading Neon Tiger, which I believe is a um, uh, barber pole. You had Correct. the Sober Mesa Blue Brulee, which. I think that the theme there was the sort of the new uh, Connecticut's. Correct. And yep. you also had the Aladino, Camer- Aladino Cameroon, which is tobaccos that you would normally think of mm-hmm. grown in a certain region, but they're now grown in another region. Uh, you see this with uh, Nicaraguan broadleaf. Uh, in the case of the Aladino Cameroon, it's a Honduran uh, Cameroon. Um, and and I'll, I'll go ahead and go first, Randy. My question to you is, which one of those uh, in that segment sort of moves the needle for you? And while you're thinking about it, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and go. I really, really love this, the idea of tobaccos that we know grown in different regions. They, the Honduran Cameroon, the Nicaraguan Broadleaf, uh, there's Ecuadorian uh, Cameroon. There's, there's, to me, that moves the needle. When I see a cigar 
uh, that's new on on the market and it's uh, you know marketed as hey here's this wrapper uh, that's normally grown you know X but now we we've we've tried a hybrid or whatever we've done like I almost always want to go get that and like the Aladino Cameroon is a beautiful example of that because. Yeah, I don't know if it tastes exactly like a Cameroon, but it is amazing. No matter how you slice it, that Aladino Cameroon, especially in the Lonsdale size, is a phenomenal cigar. That really moved the needle for me. Randy, are there any of those cigar trends that we did um, in segment three that sort of really moved the needle for you? Yeah, no, I, I, I'd start right where you did. Um, I think, you know, one thing I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on the points you were just making. So, um, you know, tr- traditionally um, origin-based tobaccos grown in new origins um, is, is such an interesting conversation because I, I do feel like maybe in the early days, it was seen almost as a negative. Like, uh, mm, right. you, you, you know, that... that well, we're using Connecticut shade from Connecticut kind of gave you a clear advantage over Connecticut shade grown in Ecuador. Uh, like it, like it was more true to the tradition and fr- from its, its original, um, kind of concept of, of how we knew, knew those flavors. And, and I, I love that we've kind of seen a shift to where what you just said is what I believe to be true for most of us, uh, kind of craft, uh, artisanal craft, uh, premium smokers now is how interesting was it? You know, I remember it was, um, uh, Mombacho that first did, uh, it was the first time I'd ever gotten a chance to smoke, uh, broadly from Connecticut and, or I'm sorry, broadly for, from Nicaragua, uh, which was, is just such an interesting concept. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've got a long, uh, history in the wine industry as well. And like it, you, you talk about that a lot is just like, does a Cabernet Sauvignon from Bordeaux, you know, taste the same when you plant it in, in Sonoma or Napa or Temecula and, uh, and, you know, there's people on both sides of the of the fence yelling, uh, you, you know, their points on why, uh, you know, this region or that region makes for uh, the, the, the best uh, possible flavor uh, uh, example. I think it's really fun that that tobacco has gotten to that point and and where uh, obviously um, the climates in these different countries uh, can can be limiting factors of whether the plants grow at uh, at their like premium uh you know health and 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 it's the environment that they truly can be successful and i think it's a lot of fun because it it clearly does terroir makes such a big difference in 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 flavor you know the the flavors that that get picked up from um you know the different territories and it's why we've always talked about how you know nicaragua is such a unique place because it has such a variety of, uh, yeah. of growing soils in the different regions that you can get these different flavor uh, characteristics in one country just in different you know jalapa to esteli it's going right. to taste totally different um so yeah i i'm, I'm with you i think that's the, the most interesting as as more innovation is, is done there uh and and that the uh the kind of uh, taboo of of well it's never going to be as good as you know where it originally came from mm-hmm. it has been shed now and now now we are all excited do you think do you think i i got something i want to add to this and i jordan i'd like your opinion on this one it sort of seems to me like there was a time when they did this sort of stuff out of necessity but now it's almost like they're doing yeah. it because they want to uh, for the craft's sake of it. Like right. that right. seems like exactly like a mental shift, Randy, kind of like what you're talking with the same store stuff with wine. You know, like it isn't just because we can't uh, we can't get enough grapes from this region or something. No, no. 
we think we can make something really, really cool in spite of the fact on purpose, like we're doing right. it on purpose, not right. just out of necessity. Jordan, what do you think yeah, about that? that? I mean, like that's just the difference in the consumers. Um, uh, you know, now we're all now the cigar nerd wasn't quite a thing in the nineties. Like, so, uh, Padron, you know, we all kind of know that like it's a Mexican San Andreas rapper. Like they hid that fact. Um, right. now, now why would you hide that? Like, that's cool. Right. Um, right. Uh, it's a, I think, that's a great call out. Yeah, I think they they've almost done every major rapper varietal in various countries that I can that you could think of. Uh, some of them I think still stand. Uh, Broadleaf in Connecticut is still the best, uh, but Connecticut uh, Shade, you know, it might be. It's I think is pretty well known as being better in in Ecuador. Um, I think one of the more interesting ones that actually makes a difference is all these cuban seeds in connecticut like uh you'll find on the t52 or the h99 that we're smoking now like the you'll find on the pledge from ap Carrillo. the those uh, cuban seeds in connecticut ha have way way more oils and produce a wrapper that's completely unlike the varietal that you'll find in cuba or or nicaragua or anywhere else for whatever i don't know what the reason is but like these hybrid style cuban seeds in connecticut that seem to make the most difference i've seen from anything transplanted mm -hmm. yeah that, that's 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 interesting because because yeah i i would i would go so far as to say you you've got to be really really in tune with uh connecticut shade grown in connecticut to feel absolutely confident to pick something up and say oh no this is this is connecticut or this is ecuadorian uh, i i understand that they're they're tangible differences, but I mean, to, to go out and like be ballsy enough to be like, Oh, I, I know every time, um, really takes a, being in tune. And to, to your point, you know, the, the, the Cuban seed in Connecticut, I mean, it, it, those have, of, of all of these, only one of them have dominated the number ones on ours and other popular lists out there right uh w with the pledge with the um the uh, foundation ct 152 um the the cigar we 42. have 42 thank you uh the the, the h99 that we have right here like, like um th those are those are distinctly unique which is which is sad that um we can tell that Connecticut has such great soil to produce really high end tobacco. It's, it's a shame that we see less and less uh, tonnage and, and, and overall um, uh, tobacco being grown here in the States and, and coming from that region, because clearly uh, there, there's more for us to learn from, from that soil. And there's more tobacco that probably hasn't been planted there that we'd probably love if, if we got our hands on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then uh, we move on to the next uh, segment, which was our cocktail trend segment. And this might have been the most significant segment of the year if you I didn't mean, watch. It changed um, all of our lives. I it mean, did change. <laughs> it sort of, it sort we of, can't get over it. It sort of changed all of our lives. Um, so we did froth spirits. Uh, we did the uh, ginger mint paloma. That paloma was sort of a take on um, the margarita, which was, uh, which was a, a trend in cocktails. We did the uh, orange maple penicillin, which was a, a take on it. But then the one, oh, we did the mezcal Negroni. So mezcal, obviously, Randy's talked at length about how mezcal is growing in the in the market. So all of those things were growing. But the one, the one Randy that sort of changed all of our lives 
was the world's best old fashioned. And there was two, there was two, count them, two things about this drink <laughs> that really, really changed the game. And it probably yeah. changed all of us moving forward, making cocktails uh, for all of us. And that was the addition of saline and the, di- the addition of rich simple syrup, which was something I had never even heard of until we did right. that. And and now I'm like, why would I ne- ever want to use anything other than rich simple syrup and saline? Those two things, Randy, really, really did. Th- this, if, if season six were encapsulated into a single <laughs> sentence, it was the discovery of saline and rich simple syrup. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, well, the thing I love that you said there um, is is that it, it changed the way we look at cocktails and how we're going to make cocktails, not just the old-fashioned. That's That was the initial um, uh, delivery uh, uh, vessel, if you, if you will, um, of, of how we learned about these ingredients. But saline uh, enhances... A vast majority of cocktails. Uh, the, uh, literally, I, I add homemade saline. It's an 80% um, uh, uh, water to 20% salt solution. Very simple to make up. Google it. You'll, you'll find 100 recipes. Um, it really enhances almost everything I've ever tried. Gin and tonic is the only thing that I felt like it, it didn't enhance the flavor mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Uh, it you know, just gives it a, a sharper, brighter. The same thing we always talk about what salt does to food. It does to drinks, too. Is, and uh, cigars. It's Absolutely. Yeah, it's good on everything. We yeah. did, uh, salt. Uh, it's pretty good. We were watching good. the football game the other day, and I did a bourbon version of uh, white Russian, um, same basic white Russian, but with bourbon and add saline into it. And it's, it's good in that it's good in oh coffee drinks. Gosh. Like it's good in yeah. almost every cocktail you can imagine. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. And then uh, rich syrup is it, opposed to simple syrup, not, not rich, rich, simple syrup. So, so for those of you that missed the episode, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. It was, um, uh, it was uh, episode 18 of uh, season six uh, where um, simple syrup is a one-to-one uh, uh, sugar to, to water, right? You take a cup of sugar, a cup of water. You take a teaspoon of sugar, a teaspoon of water. Just equal parts sugar and water. Rich syrup is a two-to-one combination where you go two sugars to one uh, water and so you, you get obviously a, a more viscous ri- richer uh, and then uh, like texture to it in, in general but then we, we enhance it even more to uh, pair with the bourbon in the old-fashioned by using a darker sugar and so uh, we, we've talked a little bit about this like the the gradients of sugar uh, uh, yeah they, they change pretty significantly as you go so you got white yeah. sugar you you've got your turbinado sugar you've got demerara sugar yeah ascovado sugar and then it goes brown sugar and those are basically the 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 simple graduations and so um you know ignore the if you watch the episode and hear robbie raz make an argument for turbinado he's he's you know he's a little bit lost uh, jordan and i will will uh will explain to you that demerara <laughs> is just a perfect because like, i i've tried the ascovado i've tried uh, brown sugar now and they're too much Demerara sugar is just the perfect sugar to pair with any dark liquor. And, and uh, you know, one of the uh, influencers that we had found that kind of led us to this recipe in the first place points out that darker sugar go with darker spirits. It's uh, it's a pretty, um, a pretty parallel and, and linear conversation. 
and but 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 rich syrup still plays a role you know anywhere you go and so i've actually done some um some rich uh syrups using table sugar um and and that can enhance um uh, like for a mojito for instance instead of doing and i know we have the whole conversation and eric and i are both on the uh love the the granules of sugar at the Mm -hmm. bottom uh conversation and so i'm not usually a simple syrup or a rich syrup fan uh, for mojito specifically but just using it as a as an example you can go rich syrup with with any of the different variations of sugar and and just know each one of them have a different flavor uh kind of contribution uh to add you know you, you go to a Mexican market and you look at pioncillo, um, which is, um, you know, even darker than brown sugar uh, on its way to molasses. You know, you get a, a, a much different uh, characteristic and flavor profile from these different sugars. And so, yeah, don't don't pin, uh, pigeonhole yourself to just one sugar because that's yeah. how you read the recipe or how you're used to using it. You know, tr- play around with different sugars. Try simple syrup. Try rich syrup. Uh, see which ones enhance uh, whatever cocktails that you're uh, working on and you enjoy at home yourselves. Yeah, well said. Uh, our next segment, we did Emerging Cigar Brands. So we did uh, Ferrotego. We did Cavalier, we did uh, Black Star Line, and we did West Tampa. Um, there's probably not much we can say on those. All four of those are are great uh, emerging brands. We love all the guys that are behind those. Obviously, um, you know the uh, the um, Elegancia got our Cigar of the Year, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and and so all of those were fun. Uh, and then finally, we we rounded things off, Randy with the uh, ready-to-drink cocktails. And one of the, uh, I think a couple things that we learned in the ready-to-drink cocktails segment was um, there is a high West old-fashioned that's barrel-aged after it's mm. it's made that is absolutely phenomenal. And I've see, I see it everywhere now, Randy, um, since that episode. I've, I bought it in Florida when I went down there. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then the Death & Co. Um, sort of like high-elevated RTDs, ready-to-drink cocktail in the can. Those, uh, we didn't even, even ex- the one that we thought was going to be the best one that night didn't even turn out to be the best one that night. The one that we thought was lesser turned out to be a great ready-to-drink cocktail. That's an emerging thing. in And all almost all of those, especially those two that I mentioned, paired really, really well with cigars. Yeah, no, I, I, I was super excited that you had found because I, I went with the On the Rocks, um, which I, I still stand tall saying that's a great line. Um, and, and like many things, as, as you know, new flavor innovations come out, some just strike better than others. And so for me, the, the old fashioned wasn't the one, um, you know, the Mai Tai is fantastic. The coffee espresso, um, I'm sorry, the espresso martini uh, was fantastic. But when you came to the table with that high West um, and now I've seen it more, you know what the funny thing is, is I've actually seen that merchandised with the bourbon on the shelf instead of on the, on the RTD shelf. Um, hmm. So I, 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 I think for me, you know, them barrel aging it after the blending process and mixing the RTD and giving it that last um, barrel aging kind of gives this um, uniformity to it. Maybe some homogenizing of, of the flavors to where it all just kind of fits a little bit better than yeah. some of the others that are that are just, um, you know, adding flavorings. Uh, super interesting. That was a fantastic, you know, that was 
um, we, we had focused on ready to serve or ready to pour, um, which is a sub segment of ready to drink where they're, um, you know, in the 18 to 22% range. So something you, you, you really likely should be pouring over ice rather than, um, uh, drinking it straight out of the bottle at that, at that ABV. I thought that was a fantastic one. Like you said, um, I, I mean, if, if you don't have the, the, um, equipment or the ingredients on hand to make a world's best old fashioned, the, the high West ready to pour old fashioned might be your best option. Um, uh, but, uh, but I gotta ask, so I, I missed last week. So I missed the high end death and co episode, yeah. which I was so excited about. So moon sale fizz, the passion fruit, uh, one was, was the fan favorite on the show, huh? No, that was what I was no! saying. Is we we thought but that, that that was going to be the more. Well, that's what's confu- what's confusing is I. You thought that was going to be better. No, yeah, I not, thought the Ranger yeah, Buck was going to yeah, be better. I totally thought oh, the Ranger okay. Buck would be better. I I had heard I had heard through uh, through maybe it was what was it? Well, so, Robbie had said the moon sale was better mm. or something like that oh, and i yeah. also thought it was going to be better just by reading what it was it sounded like it's going to be more interesting and easy to go with the cigar but that ranger buck was just way better the ranger buck way was better it was great like that was a that was a thing, something that you could buy and pour in a glass uh randy and not tell your guests that you didn't make it perfect know? amount of, <laughs> of fizz to it like that yeah. actually it was all complete like you know ready to go as yeah, the no. The, 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 I, I I would say I use Moonsail Fizz, so I sell the Death and Co brand uh, professionally, and so uh, uh, I would I would say I use the Moonsail Fizz a lot in in my sales uh, tactics when I talk to people, and yeah. and the the phrase I use with that one is there's nothing else on the market like it. It is so uniquely um, uh, like uh, it's it's the real ingredients. Like, like tasting the, the passion fruit, there's no question that there was uh, a passion fruit juiced into this can rather than passion fruit flavoring added, right? And that, that, that was really like the inspiration for, for that uh, episode was, was these yeah. uh, cocktails that are using really genuine ingredients. The Ranger Buck, though, is basically an elevated uh, Kentucky Mule with birch and and maple syrup that gives a completely new uh kind of spin still has that gingery spiciness that um and and what i really appreciated about those drinks is that you know the bourbon really stands out like you can really pick out the the bourbon in it it's not just like oh okay so this is bourbon base and i know that because i'm reading the can like i taste the bourbon i taste the oakiness of the bourbon and um so yeah, for me the Ranger Buck was was always going to be the the, uh, the obvious best pairing. While the Moon Self is is the most unique, like make you look back at your glass and be like, they were able to put this in a can. <laughs> you know, it kind of, kind of blows your mind uh, in, in that regard. But um, it's a fantastic line of uh, ready to drink canned cocktails for sure. Now I want to put uh, both uh, Randy and Jordan on the spot. Uh, right now, because I have not prepared them for this question. Um, I would like to know, uh, I'll ask Randy about drinks and I'll ask Jordan about cigars. Uh, Randy, if we were going to do this sh- same theme two years from now, mm. is there something in drinks mm. that you see coming down the pike that isn't even really here yet, Randy? Some type of emerging 
either beer or spirit or cocktail or some sort of drink that you see coming down the pike. And then I'll ask Jordan, Jordan, uh, our resident cigar expert, do you see anything coming down the pike a couple years from now or a year from now in the cigar world with tobacco that you see as theoretically something that could catch our eye? Randy, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Is there something that maybe if, if we rewind this show in two years, we'll say Randy was a friggin' genius. How did it. he know? Uh, let, let, let's do it. And I'll tell you why I, why I think this also, but I, I think it's using uncommon um, ingredients in craft cocktails. I think it's mm -hmm. using things that aren't obvious. You know, there's so many things that we think of, it, you know, that we want to have for our bar, whether they be mixers or um, just basic um, flavor contributors. Um, in, in a couple of the cocktails we talked about tonight, you know, you talk about the Benedictine that's used in the Vu Carre, a liqueur, um, you know, a, a, a very personal uh, passion that I've had that I, I learned about with a, with a, a, a brunch energy uh, outing with, with Jordan was a, um, brunch a, a, a Oaxacan sunset that uses ancho chili liqueur. So using, I, I think there's a larger place in cocktail uh, development using liqueurs. But then when you read the ingredients that Death & Co. is using in some of those cocktails, I mean, they have one I didn't send you guys called the, the highball, um, the Aurora highball. It's from Colorado, the, the vodka that they use, but they use sake and green tea mm. as uh, as small um, flavor ingredients in that cocktail to bring out these other characteristics. You know, I sent you guys a, a link the other day. I, I, I was, it was cold and rainy here in California. And I was thinking, you know, I, I, I want a cocktail, but I want something like very autumn-y, something kind of warm me up. And I read about a, a an autumn um, uh, bourbon Ricky, which is basically just bourbon, lime, and uh, and sparkling water, club soda for a uh, uh, bourbon Ricky, but then add a half an ounce of maple syrup. So that maple syrup addition changes the 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 complexity and the and the overall setting, the occasion. You know, I use the term occasions a lot. We talk about that a lot in in the uh, the uh, alcohol industry. Is we talk about when you drink these things. Is it an occasion like you're going to the beach, or is it an occasion like you're going over to a family dinner and you want to take something fanciful with a, a corking cage in a in a seven fifty ounce bottle? Like the occasions that we drink. Um, matter so much about our, our subjective engagement and, and experience with these beverages that like it, it, we we want and we're in a world now where the foods and the drinks that we're, we're drinking and the cigars that we're smoking we want it to fit the occasion if, if you know I brought nothing but celebratory cigars out to, to uh, you know celebrate my my induction into the cigar dojo member Hall of Fame hey. um, and, and so you know the the occasions are, are so important to us when we when we uh, like to splurge and, and enjoy these flavor experiences I think uh, we can continue to learn how to cater to and customize our experience to those occasions through uh, kind of off the beaten path ingredients again mm. green tea and sake who's who's thinking about mixing those in with a vodka uh, based beverage so um, so to me it's more unique. Uh, alcoholic and non-alcoholic um, uh, ingredients in craft cocktails. 
almost like uh, reinventing uh, just brand new experiences with these flavors is what you're saying. Exactly, uh, yeah. Before we go to our audience pairings, Jordan, uh, do you have any thoughts on what could theoretically be uh, an emerging trend in the cigar world? Uh, it's it's hard to predict in cigars. Um, maybe a little harder than drinks. Uh, but I, I could imagine perhaps, you know, going on the, the line that we've seen of these transplanted varietals, uh, puro versions of them. We haven't mm. seen that, you know. Um, you know, not just a transplanted broadleaf into Honduras, but, you know, a puro. Like, uh, if I, I, I wouldn't expect a broadleaf puro, but, you know, some sort of transplanted seed where every single component of the cigar is made up of the transplanted seed into a different region where it's not normally grown. Hmm. I yeah, that. I could I could see that because um, you do see the people using the same binder as the wrapper these days, and of so so maybe that's that's something interesting. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Hey, we got some uh, audience pairings we can throw up there, Jordan. We sure do. Okay, let's do it. Let's take a look. Uh, first up, we got Joe Machado, and he, this has to come in two different comments because his first one says a Manhattan with a Krakatoa from Dunbar and Tobago and Trust. Thumbs up the sweetness of the D. What? Oh. I said, what? I don't know. And then that. he came back with uh, Krakatoa, blackened cask strength. It's nuclear. Ooh. So he's got the uh, blackened cask, cask strength with the Krakatoa. All right. Uh, we've got, um, we've got uh, Daryl uh, Whitaker. Oh, he's got he's a, uh, new, he's a new entry here. Yeah, new entry. I like I was, it. I didn't recognize the name. Uh, smoking the warped Laredatos with coffee. Nice, nice. Can't go wrong there. It's a little late for coffee for me, but I love the Ooh, pairing. Maybe he's got decaf. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, we've got to Brian Burnett. He's got a, a Woodenville bourbon single mm. barrel paired with an Agonorus rare fusion. We we have nice. Woodenville sitting on our... Uh, Woodenville. It's pretty dang good for the price, On the right? table right there, right, Matt? Uh, that's a pretty good bourbon. Yeah, I like that one. It's like 30-something bucks. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, we got Bill Powers going with the uh, Death & Co. that he... We finally got. Um, he, I guess he was late for the show last week. Uh, with an OG Amazon Basin. That's the real mm. deal, guys. Nice. Uh, nice. The cocoa, leather, oak spices in the cigar are hands down elevated in the Ranger Bucks. Outstanding bourbon and the ginger flavors. Mm. This one's a winner, nice. folks. Double thumbs up. Mm. Nice. Uh, we've got Kevin O'Connor. He's got... Uh, uh, when in Nicaragua episode, he's combining the when in Nicaragua episode with smoking the Perdomo 30th anniversary sun grown with the world's best old fashioned episode. I don't know. There's like three different things going on there. Uh, <laughs> just all the different spices between the cigar and the cocktail are producing a fantastic pairing. Mm, nice. Great. We got Nathan Great. Stewart. He's doing the crown heads, Las Calaveras with the, with the Craftwell peach mojito. Uh, there's some bitterness here, but it's surprisingly enjoyable combined with the fruity sweetness of the drink. That's this, the, uh, uh, the wine based. Uh, the wine, wine based. He's going wine based. Yeah, I like going that. Wine based. And then we've got Steve Toth, or of course he's got eucalyptus tea with a little honey. Um, Don Pepin Garcia series JJ Maduro. The cigar has some nice cocoa and cedar with with the hints of leather. There's some pepper starting to build up as he's burning it. Uh, for him, it pairs well. He likes the honey and the cocoa combination. Mm. What do you think, nice. Randy? Who who paired it best? On uh, this episode, no, I, this wild card like, episode, I gotta seem like a homer because I'm gonna go with the the Death and Co. Uh, uh, Ranger Buck with the old ba with the 
the basin, um, but mostly because of uh, of the Amazon Basin cigar. That is such a unique cigar that I've had such a hard time keeping in in stock in my home humidor. That is, uh, you know, for me the CAO line. I, I love a lot of the stuff that, that General has put out, and obviously they took over that that CAO line so, some time ago, and um, I found some of their releases hit, hit or miss, but that CAO. Amazon Basin is really such a unique flavored cigar, and I I, I like I know the uh, range of buck so well, and and know that it wouldn't be overpowering to it. It yeah. would really enhance that. I I like ginger a lot. If you can mix ginger and make it pair well with a cigar, I think um, I think that's a winning combination in general. That was uh, Bill CD, is that right? It was yeah yeah yeah. I I actually had Bill CD uh, as soon as Jordan read that as well. So I feel I feel like Bill CD. You're the no, winner this week, brother. You did it, buddy. You did it, buddy. You're, you're, that you're, was you're the otter of the week. That kid just came off the top of the head. Can we do like an otter of the week uh, badge yeah. or, 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 or something? I, I would love to see a, a Dojover's badge that, yeah. that that points people the otter uh-huh. of the week. And that's how you, how you earn. And like as you earn uh, multiple otter of the week badges, you level uh-huh. up. Is this I'm, what Hall of I'm Fame Randy here. brings to the game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just spitballing here, Eric. But 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 take some notes. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a pretty good idea, actually. I, I I'm not I'm not going to say that's a bad idea because I think it's a it's a pretty good idea. Uh, uh, Randy, uh, before we get to the vote, uh, let's go ahead and talk about um, Friday night on Smoke Me Live right now because I want to talk about it a little earlier than before we get to our vote. Who won, me or you? Uh, because we are doing the Christmas movie bracket challenge, and the reason I want to bring it up early, Randy, we're we're, we're trying to invite to... me to be one of the uh, one of the uh, the panelists. No, uh, <laughs> what we're trying to decide is what is the ultimate Christmas movie and or show. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have yeah. to be a movie per se, uh, but the but we're calling it the the Christmas movie bracket challenge. Randy, give me three or four that you think should end up in that final four. And by the way, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, I want to see what you guys think. Uh, Let me give you some ideas. You know, you've obviously you've got elf, you've got home alone, you've got Christmas vacation. You've got, it's a wonderful life. Christmas story. You've got a Christmas story. um, And, and many, many others. Randy, do you have a couple that you could just mention off the top of your head? That this is Christmas to me. I'm Randy Griggs. This is Christmas. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I have to give a little bit of context just real quickly. That, like, I grew up on, on the old stuff, man. Um, the the classics, um, you know, I, I, when it comes to the music, I'm a, I'm a Bing Crosby and Dean Martin guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, the, those movies that came out, you know, just as color TV was, was becoming a thing, always uh, like uh, ring really true for me. But, um, the original Miracle on 34th Street is such a, a, an amazing... That will be like, part of the show. Way better than oh. the remake, obviously. Oh, That'll be part I, of the I show. don't even know if I've ever seen any of the remakes, but you put that on and, and the entire house you know, just has that Christmas vibe to it. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the newer ones, you already mentioned it, you know, for me, Elf is one of the most, like, just 
amazing family you, you just like it brings the whole family together you want to hug your relatives and celebrate the holidays like you know for so for me my, my decision making is based on like the spirit that it gives us yeah. and then, you know I, I i you can never go wrong with uh it's a wonderful life yeah mm-hmm. and clarence and and i've never heard a a, a jingle uh in, in a bell and, and not thought about an angel getting its wings yes. um and, and i saw that originally in black and white i, I think i've been alive but you know while they put color to that one um so, so, so that, the, that's in color <laughs> there is a version in color yeah yeah when i grew up it was always in black and white i haven't seen it in color since but yeah to to me those those three would would be on my on my mount rushmore if you will yeah you know what you know what's crazy about it's a wonderful life um is i if you guys know me you've been watching smoke night live you watch flavor odyssey all these years 10 years whatever i am not the kind of guy that, that that cries i just i'm i'm not like somebody could tell me like Hey Eric, you know uh, my grandma just died. I just be like, ah, oh, sucks. Ah, dang you know, it. <laughs> what are you no. gonna do? What are you gonna do? I knew that was coming. What are you gonna do? Like, I'm just that kind of guy. I, I I feel like it's a curse, Randy. I'm not bragging. In fact, I'm I'm making fun of myself because I should just be like, oh my god, like I'm, I I want to cry. But there's something about it's a wonderful life when yeah. he comes back into the house. And he's just so glad that this time around in history, because like time has traveled and all that, when he sees his daughter playing piano before he was yelling at her. And now he's just like, oh, my God, I'm just so thankful that I can hear you play piano. And he's starting to cry like Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy is, Stewart. It, it's probably the greatest bit of acting that's ever Ooh. been put on TV ever. But that Randy. That moment when he comes back and he's realizing that he is better off now than he would have been if he hadn't have lived, it it makes me want to cry. Like that movie, like doesn't actually, make you cry, but makes you want to cry. It, I love it. <laughs> it moves me. It moves me in ways I can't ex- describe. My favorite is like earlier in the movie when he's like so angry with all the kids and the annoying things they're doing. He's like, "Why do we have to have so many dang kids?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But that's what I'm saying is like because of that moment, then later on when he's so glad that he has the kids, like it just it just it literally like brings me to tears. That's one of the only movies in the world that kind of brings me to tears. That's going to be tough to beat. I love Elf. Obviously, Elf is a classic in our house. I love the original Grinch, the animated Chuck Jones. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what's great about that one, Randy? Is the Grinch? They they make it a point to say, they make they literally make it a point to say, we don't know why he's bad. He's just bad. Like there's no like description of why he is the way he is. He just is the way he is. And then that when his heart is like enlarged, it just makes you feel really good. Like there's so many good ones. I love a Christmas story. Obviously when when um you know yes. he, when he loses the the when he's trying to change the tire with his dad mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. loses all the lug nuts you know and he says he says <laughs> dash, the f word dash, yeah. dash like, word there's so many good ones so what we're going to do uh Friday night Randy is we are going to debate and the audience is going to play a part there's going to be some Great. plans uh that the, you you audience members can um uh help us determine the final 16 There'll be final 16 movies. I'm starting with 20, but there's going to be four play-ins. And you guys are going to help us determine the final 16. 
And we're going to find out what the best Christmas movie is of all time. And plus, Randy, that's... Hopefully those other contestants don't ruin it! That's not all, Randy. <laughs> uh, we've got some great gifts uh, brought to us by Agonorsa Leaf. Um, wow. All you got to do to enter this week is check into an Agonorsa Leaf cigar. And I've been I've been uh, tracking everybody who's been checking into Agonorsa Leaf cigars. We'll have three winners. One is going to get an Agonorsa Leaf uh, mug. One is going to get a travel humidor. And one is going to get a really, really cool uh, ceramic ashtray. So we'll be giving all of that oh. away this Friday night. Terrence Riley will be on the show. Alex Tavella from Smoking will be on the show. And, of course, what bracket challenge would be complete without the crotchety old Ooh, coop who is essentially <laughs> um, well, technically what, Eric. He is old man Christmas. <laughs> he, no, what's what's in the what's the Christmas carol? Who's the guy? What's uh, Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, like he's Scrooge. essentially Scrooge. So Coop will be on the show as well. It's going to be an amazing time. So please join us two nights from tonight. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal show. That sounds Freaking awesome! I will definitely be voting as a as a viewer. Uh, I I do really I I know that there are some that like I'm gonna be disappointed if they don't at least make the 16 because I want to see the debates we had. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super curious. So can can I just ask? I don't know if you're yeah. you're giving away everything. Will at least part of the top 20 include Die Hard? Uh, that will be in the play-in round because Perfect. it has to, because it has to be right. I, like, I, I love the debate. Like, like the, yeah. and and well, I well, Jordan, I, I I I just picked up that, that Jordan believes it's not a Christmas movie. Those of us that believe it's a Christmas movie, it's like such a such a non-debate thing. It's like how is that not a Christmas movie in your it mind? It is a I, fantastic I, I, movie. I mean, we can't it, get around. Well, it's that. a great movie. It's no, uh, yeah, I, I don't movie. even want to hear the debate movies about that. that but, but take place during Christmas aren't inherently Christmas movies. Mm. No, not not inherently. But but when every single scene has a Christmas element to it, I don't know that I agree that that's the case. But but looking forward to the debate. I I, I hope I get to see all your panelists. Uh, duke it out over this yes. because I know Jordan's going to be using uh, that that production board of his to yes. shame them in any way he can <laughs> as, as they try and make their cases. Yeah, we, we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be hands down just fighting it out like like you know it's basically a street fight. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. Well, All right. Well, one more yeah. question. One more question because yeah. I think the audience will want to know this as well. When you go to uh, uh, place a movie. Are you going to place the actual version? As so many have been remade, I see a no, lot of people re referencing yes. the Grinch. We're 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 gonna like state this is the animated Grinch, yes. not the Jim Carrey goofy version, right? Uh, right. The Jim Carrey uh, no. one was one of the worst Christmas movies. Worst. Ah. Well, well, well that, that that's the thing is if that's in, based, then we're in it trouble. It will be based on the specific release Perfect. of Perfect. a certain movie, Grinch, nineteen sixty six versus uh, the Jim Carrey one. So yeah, like there there'll be very 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 specific releases. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street obviously is going to be the original, not uh, any remakes. So yeah, that's how now, we're gonna do now. It. I will say the Mickey Rooney remake in the eighties was a terrific remake, but but doesn't even hold a flame to the original. Right, exactly. All right, should we find out who won this? Let's take a look who won this episode, guys. Uh, let's remind everybody. No, too late. Too late. 
Oh, Randy. Oh, Randy. With the Vukare and the H99. I want to thank Randy everybody. Remind everyone. Oh, actually, on yeah. Facebook, it was very, very close. It must have been a YouTube oh, thing. Yeah, Ran Randy absolutely destroyed me tonight. And, you know, I don't, I'm not even going to argue. Um, my. I'm, by the way, we didn't do thumbs up, thumbs down. I think we both kind of led on that That's we were all thumbs, up, we were all thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These were our favorite the pairings from the season. Listeners, right? yeah. Randy wins seventy percent to thirty percent. Yeah, I think that's crushing it. I don't, I, I don't have a problem with what the, the audience picked there. In fact, I, I, I might have even voted for Randy myself. That's a great pairing, Randy. You did a good job. I think I think any of these that we picked were good because we knew going in that we were going to like these ones. Right. These were our favorites, right. so obviously these are thumbs yeah. up. But yeah, the Vukare and the H99, Randy, great job. That's a fantastic pairing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate that. I uh, recommend everybody try the Vukare uh, cocktail. Uh, I Yeah, I, I would also guess, you, you know, the, the La Polina number five re-release um, is not necessarily on everyone's radar. But as you pointed out earlier, this was a, a one- time uh re release during the year definitely such an amazing cigar everyone should race to go and try and beat both eric and i to picking up at least one last box before they're gone yeah. uh <laughs> because they will be gone soon we'll make sure of it uh so so yeah no that that was a, a great episode thanks for uh go going down memory lane and running through uh was a great season man what a fun yeah. season to, to uh really discover some of these things for ourselves as we look we did a lot of trends. discovery this year we, we did we did, we did. We yeah we learned a lot yeah no we, we again I, I literally use the term it changed our life twice yeah. uh, during, during the show so uh so tune in next week on wednesday we'll be um, having a, a wild card next week as we yeah. uh kind of unveil uh, what, what to expect from season seven as we uh kind of put the final uh points on that we really look to have um a better effort next year of having everyone have a couple weeks at the very least in advance uh knowing what what to get because we we love we've absolutely fallen in love with the audience pairing segment so we hope to see more and more engagement in that as you guys can follow along and share what your experiences are and what you're doing with your pairings um so i will sign off as robbie does each week be safe be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. And we'll see you next week as the Odyssey continues.